Yo, I'm Will Blackman. This is Upsets and Underdogs presented by WinBet. Happy Thanksgiving. This is probably, this might be my favorite holiday. Uh, in today's Upset episode, we will discuss the biggest Week 11 upset, break down what happened, and dig into what we can learn from it all. Plus, we'll have some fun Thanksgiving segments. Uh, we'll look ahead to Thursday's games and more. This show is brought to you by WinBet. Week 11 is in the books and there's still plenty of time to get in on the action. So right now, download the WinBet app and start winning today. WinBet offers unique markets like NFL yardage leaders, who will be the last team to be undefeated, team exact win totals, and a ton more. Plus, new users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $1 win hunt on offer. If you bet just $1, you can win a free $100 bet on almost any sport. NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college, football, UFC, boxing and more you name it you could bet on it um all and they're also offering a 200 wager matchup up to fifteen hundred dollars for all details on these offers download the winbet app now and set the odds in your favor offer subject to change term conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right lamb Let's bring in my dog, Lamb, Nick Dias. By the way, do you have Lamb on Thanksgiving? I don't. No, we do not, Will, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately? Big Lamb guy, man. Got to stay on brand. Are you Okay, I need to ask a question, and it's probably going to be no. Do you put mint jelly on Lamb? No, no. <laughs> no, no. I don't, do, I, don't, I don't get the whole jelly and uh, on like Thanksgiving and all that. I'm good, man. What do you mean? What do you mean like cranberry? You don't like cranberry yeah, the sauce? Yeah, cranberry stuff. No, nah, no. Nah, you don't I'm like cranberry sauce? Oh, my God. No. Nah, okay. Nah, come on. Let's not get too crazy. No. Well, okay. Speaking of cranberry sauce, I'm very old school, right? Like, I'm very, like, basic, keep it simple. I am, I'm a canned cranberry sauce guy, okay? Like, people want to get fancy and cute with the, whole, the homemade cranberry sauce. They want to, you know, boil the cranberry, saute, and I don't want, like, strings and, like, Clumps them. I want the give me the can, the jelly, boom, slice it, throw it on my plate. We're good to go. Same thing how I feel about stuffing, right? I'm mm. a stovetop kid, man. <laughs> I'm a sto- keep it simple. It takes two minutes. I'm a stovetop. I don't people want to get fancy salted and onions. You know, one of my guys, he gets uh, cornbread, makes it stale where he gets the croutons. I appreciate the effort, but me, I'm just a simple stovetop guy, man. So since we have Thanksgiving coming up this week. I thought we should talk about what we're thankful for. So, Lamb, what team's performance are you most thankful for this season? And who are you most thankful you get to watch? Hmm. I've been thinking about this, Will. Been thinking I hope long so. I asked you a damn question. You better be thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I want to say none of them. Because <laughs> what do you mean none? I want to say, look, look I'm going to give you an answer. But my real answer is none of them. Because all of these teams are flawed. All of these teams have suffered bad, embarrassing losses. And there's not a team right now that I really trust that if you were to be like, hey, Lamb, you know what? Here's some money. Go and pick a Super Bowl winner. I wouldn't be confident in any of them at this moment. With all that being said, I do still love watching when Mahomes is on, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, when they're firing on all cylinders. Look, I've been outspoken on social media, on this show, on my show. He's been doing everything he's been doing all his career. The recklessness that you've pointed out that sometimes he gets a little too reckless for your liking. He does get a little too reckless for my liking. There is no no secret about that. 
All the times that he floats to the right, throws across his body, he's been doing it. Now what happened? That, this is, that, year, that people, has made him who he is. No, I do not disagree. Right. That's why we fell in love with the Mahomes or a quarterback. But since they were losing some games, it was, oh, man, he's getting too reckless. We can't have that. So I'm a believer that you can't have both sides. So for me, I would say Mahomes and the Chiefs still. That you're most thankful for. Yeah. That's fair because it's exciting. It's like, you know, when when you see Steph Curry go out there and just light it up from the logo, I mean that's like what well, I mean that's that's cool, you know, because we don't we don't have anybody like Mahomes, we don't have anybody like Steph Curry, so I totally get that. So, what about you? Um, you put me on the spot. Now it's your turn. You thought I wasn't <laughs> going to ask you this one? I'm, I'm, I don't mind being put on the spot, man. I'm the I am the youngest of three. I crave attention. Okay, so it's all, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> You know what? I being I'm I'm an uh I'm a, a mid eighties eighty four is actually early mid eighties late not you know nineties kid. I'm actually thankful. It's gonna hurt you. I'm thankful for the Cowboys right now. I'm just I'm just because for years for for twenty five years or whatever it is they just have they've been at the helm and haven't been doing much. Football is exciting when the Cowboys are doing well, simply because either you're, you're excited or you're pissed off. You're, you're one or the other, you know, it's <laughs> everyone, you're going to get an emotion. If the, if the Cowboys aren't doing well, then everyone just beats with the Cowboys. And it's like, okay, let's swipe them under the rug. But I'm thankful for the Cowboys for what they are doing. They're it's exciting football. They're, primetime television especially when they're on fox and it, it's going down no matter who they're playing and it's like watching mayweather fight you're either a huge fan of him because he's not losing or you hate him because he's not losing and it, i feel like that with the cowboys and in terms of players who am i most thankful for you know what i am thankful for and so should college and him i am thankful for debo samuel uh because D- debo is exactly who he is. He's Debo, man. There, there is nothing. He is an all-around football player. There's nothing he cannot do. He literally pretty much won that game by himself because when he needed something, he got it done. That's why I go back nonstop. Every time he has a really good game, I am like, man, if they just gave him the ball more in the Super Bowl, he would have got done. I don't care if he's running back, receiver, no matter. And I actually, I met Debo in person. I met him when he came to NFL Network, and he's he is built like a tailback. He like in person, that is exactly what he looks like. Um, he's he's just an outstanding, absolute dog. And he made some super tough catches in traffic. That's the hardest thing about playing receiver. When I switched to receiver, it's like, oh, it's cool. You can run routes and be wide open. You're not going to be wide open. You got to make contested catches. And he made some of the craziest, tough catches that I have seen. So I like it, man. The, it's the year three breakout for the wide receiver. Right, we've seen it time and time again. The wide receivers that enter that upper echelon, it's always that third year for some reason. Will it's like the second year quarterback for wide receiver. It seems to be year three. So I like the Debo call. I'm actually staying in that same division, staying with that same position. I'm going with Cooper Cup, man. Dude is on pace to shatter all three records in a single season. In one season. Right, the catch record by Michael Thomas. Right here, he's, he's already at 100, isn't he? Uh, no, not yet. But he's on pace to surpass the catch record 
on pace to fall one touchdown short of Moss in 07. And then the receiving yards record of Megatron, Calvin Johnson. And he's doing this all in one year. It's wild. He's been fun to watch. The timing between him and Stafford has been insane. And now where Robert Woods going down, I think you're going to put more on his plate. I, I've been fascinated well, by Robert Woods wasn't getting the ball anyway. So, I mean. Yeah, but just the threat <laughs> of him being out there. That's why Odell went from being a luxury to now he's sort of a necessity. Like, you need Odell to be a contributor. Right. Yeah. No, right. Because they're not. I mean, that's who he's throwing the ball to. That's who he's most comfortable with. Um, even though he had a bad drop the other day, too. So. Uh, everyone, let's pull back the curtain for a second. I'm going to be out of town uh, simply because I will be uh, I'm being inducted into the Boston College Football Hall of Fame, which is um, into the Sports Hall of Fame, which is which is super cool. I did not expect it, but I am super thrilled and excited. You know, um, I just yeah, it's it's super cool. So we're pre-recording this so far and I'm going to hop off. And my guy, Nick Dayus, tremendous lamb, and lamb is tremendous, is going to take you through the rest of the episode. Uh, we have a lot of fun, a lot of like fun stuff coming up. So stick around, have a great holiday, and if you don't like eggnog, that's your problem. I love eggnog, okay? So have a great holiday. I'll catch you next time. Lamb, take it away, my man. All right. Thanks for the handoff, Will. Let's get into our picks from last week. Here's how we stand. Will not being here because he went 0-2 this week after he trolled me for his success last couple of weeks. He picked the Bills, the Cowboys, and as the Giants on Monday Night Football, we're awaiting the outcome for this one. His underdog pick was Dallas, so he's 4-7 and seven this season. His favorite pick were the New York Giants. He's six and four on his favorite picks. We will update this with the outcome of the Monday Night Football game. His overall record is 18 and 20. How I did, one and one pending Monday Night Football as well with the New York Giants. Lost the Bills, won on the Chiefs. My favorite underdog who won was Minnesota. I'm six and five on the year. Seattle was plus two and a half, my favorite pick. Liked it, then loved it when Kyler Murray got ruled out. And then, of course, Colt McCoy, last two seasons, 2-0 and in Seattle. They went outright. So I'm 3-8 and on my favorite picks. My overall record as well is 18-20. and Will and I will be tied after this week since we're both on the Giants. All that talking by Will going to be a little quiet when he gets back hope he sees and hears this one now let's jump into our upset breakdown i'm going to dig into the biggest upsets of week 11 and after that we'll crown our upset of the week first up the washington football team plus 140 with a 27 21 win over the carolina panthers who were three-point favorites i gotta just say folks cam newton being with the panthers the universe is back Right, Katy Perry, Diana Hair Black, Taylor Swift, new album. Cam is back on the Panthers. All is well in the universe. He played pretty good. He played really good, I would say. 21 of 27, two touchdowns. Ran one in also, didn't commit a turnover. And it just felt right. The crowd was behind him. It was a close game. 
everything just felt so perfect with Cam being back over there. But we got to show love to the other side because that's who came out victorious. Washington, Taylor Heineke, those boys really played well. The offensive line did whatever they wanted against Carolina. Over 190 yards rushing. Taylor Heineke was 16-22 with three touchdowns. He completed five of his six passes against the Blitz. Two of them for touchdowns. So you can't Blitz Taylor Heineke now apparently also. And I want to give the flowers to Terry McLaurin. Because this dude is just a flat-out baller. And I don't think he's going to make your top 10 wide receiver list. I don't think he's going to be in the discussion as a premier wide receiver. But I'm saying that he should be. Because dude, once again, is the best wide receiver in football that no one talks about. Continues to produce with average to above-average quarterback play. He doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert throwing to him. This is a backup quarterback who's coming in. Five for 103 and a touchdown for F1 Terry McLaurin. Some gambling takeaways. We had 66% of the money on the money line on the Washington football team. But a lot of the bets against the spread were on Carolina. Narratives. We talk about narratives and public perception a lot. This is what happens. Cam Newton going back to Carolina. They're at home. I can't see Carolina losing this one. Cam's return. Superman is back. That's what a lot of people were saying on social media. That's why you saw a lot of the tickets on the spread for the Carolina Panthers buying into this narrative and the perception of Cam coming home. Washington also without Sweat and Chase Young, who missed this game. Chase Young tore an ACL out for the rest of the year. Montrez Sweat should be coming back one of these games coming up. But you're down with your two best defensive linemen in this one. Crazy that Washington pulled this game out, if I'm being honest with you, 27-21 over the Panthers. The next game, boy, you want to talk about obliterating a team. You want to talk about having a day. The Colts, plus 235, demolished the Buffalo Bills, 41-15. Bills were a seven-point favorite. Plus 235 were the Indianapolis Colts. Got to give a golf clap to my guy, Will. I'm upset he's not here on this one because dude has been telling us about Jonathan Taylor since about week three. And all he did was not one, not two, not three. Heck, not even four. A five piece, five up, five down touchdowns for Jonathan Taylor. And talk about a career day. He had over 200 yards from scrimmage, five total touchdowns. The Colts, after a rough start to their season, have now won three straight games, finally going over 500. Titans don't look as strong as they did a couple weeks ago. And I was someone who I need to apologize to Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts, who buried them for dead after they lost that game to Tennessee, falling four games back of the division. Now they're only two games back. Yeah, you don't play them again if you're the Colts. So that sucks a little bit, but I don't know if I would want to play Indianapolis right now. They know who they are. They know what they want to do. Want to give the ball to number 28. We want Carson Wentz not to throw passes with his left hand because he's a right-handed quarterback. And we want to just play sound, spotless football. It's not always going to be spotless, but no turnovers. On the flip side, we talked about the Buffalo Bills last week. We were previewing this game. The favorite. On win bet, 
to win the Super Bowl prior to this one. Josh Allen, the favorite to win NFL MVP prior to this one. Both of them flat on their face. Awful, awful performances. When you're a touchdown or more favorite at home and you lose by three, four touchdowns, that's an embarrassing loss. Bill's Mafia was out of there by the third quarter, and they are a loyal, loyal fan base. So even more tables were broken in those parking lots. 68% of the money line bets were on the Bills. A lot of eliminator pool picks, a lot of teasers from seven down to six. Oh, Buffalo's going to win by more than one point. Duh. Nope, it's not always that easy. And if you're looking at this from a grand scheme of things, now the Bills are second in the division. The Patriots leapfrogged them. They do have a two games in four-week stretch against the Patriots, so it's really going to come down to that. I know, very generic take, but they haven't played each other yet. And this might be a tiebreaker later down the line in the AFC with no matchup again for the Bills and the Colts because they're not in division. The AFC, I believe there's 11 teams that have more than five wins. So it's going to be a cluster towards the tail end. So this is a big win for the Colts. And I'd be a little concerned if I'm Buffalo. So we got to see how they bounce back later this week. Short week on the road against the New Orleans Saints. This show is brought to you by WinBet. We've wrapped up week 11 of the NFL season. So what are you waiting for? Download the WinBet app and start winning today. Plus, new users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $1, win $100 offer. If you bet just $1, you can win a free $100 bet on almost any sport. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, college basketball, UFC, boxing, soccer maybe, and a lot more. WinBet has a lot. And they are also offering 200% wager match up to $1,500. I need to give myself a round of applause. I've been giving out some gems on these over here. Five of the last seven weeks, I've given you a winner. I've given you a bet that has hit. Last week, Sean Brady, Michael Chiesa, and the Octagon over two and a half rounds, minus 120. That went the distance. Very comfortable fight. It was a grappling affair, so the decision was basically a layup. That hit. This week, I'm looking at PSG, Man City, a slobber knocker in Manchester. KVB, Manchester City's best player, is going to be out for this one because of COVID. This is a Champions League affair. This is the second time these two teams play each other, similar to what we said when Brazil played Argentina, two powerhouse teams. Both of them are going to qualify to the next round in the Champions League. One team has nine points. The other team has eight points. I'm looking at this one to be a draw plus 325 on the draw for this one. So 0-0-1-1-2-2. I could see some goals being scored as well. A lot, a lot of offense in this one. A lot of world-class players. So I'm looking at the draw plus 325 in the PSG Man City game. For all the details on the offers we mentioned earlier, download the WinBet app now and set the odds in your favor. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 522 Four seven zero zero. Okay, now it's time to announce the upset of the week. And boy, what a comfortable upset this was. Houston 
plus 390, beat the Titans 22 to 13. The Titans were a minus 10.5 point favorite at home. The Texans, almost worst scoring defense in the NFL, pitched the first half shutout against the Titans. Come on, man. What is going on? The NFL just makes no sense this year, folks. It is just every team now basically has two to three. What the hell kind of loss is that on their resume? It is just unbelievable. First four career interception game for Ryan Tannehill. Tyrod Taylor, got to show him some love. Just a, the definition of a grizzled vet. Dude's been around. Never going to light it up on the stat sheet. Never going to be a comfortable start in your fantasy league if you got to stoop to that level to start Tyrod Taylor in your leagues. But knows what to do. Knows how to play to win the game. The ideal game manager scored two touchdowns on the ground, picked up some key third downs, kept the chains moving, and did what he had to do. The biggest handicap on the season for the Tennessee Titans, something I talked about with Theo briefly, was what happens behind the big three of Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio. And we've seen now their losses this year. When two of the three guys are out, they've lost. They need to have all three guys on the field. They are undefeated with all three guys on the field. And yeah, Westbrook Akine over 100 yards. Congrats to him. Solid performance. But having a Julio Jones, a Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, it's a lot. It's a lot to not have. And you saw Ryan Tannehill. That equated to four interceptions by him. And the Texans, talk about a comfortable cash jump out to a 19-0 lead, and you have the 10.5 points, you really need the Titans to score 30 straight points in order for you to lose this cover. Not going to happen, especially with what we just laid out for you, all these players being out. So the Texans cashed basically by halftime. 63% of the money was on the Texans against the spread. 75% of the tickets were on the Titans. And this is something that if we were to highlight this game, one of my favorite plays that I tweeted out we're the Texans plus 10 and a half. And the reason why is it finally was the letdown spot that I was predicting that the Titans were going to have. We saw it last week. The Titans didn't cover against the Saints. We saw them this week lose outright. One of the reasons why is how many emotionally high games can you play consecutively? And then you factor in no Derrick Henry that one week. Then you have no Julio. Then you have both of them out. It caught up to them. And it's in division. Just blindly, I like taking double-digit division opponents. Blindly. It's just something where over time, it's a profitable affair. Because in division, you build to beat the teams in your division. Your easiest path to the playoffs is winning your division. Look, the Texans are not going to make the playoffs. But this is a team that they play twice a year. So the Texans cash rather comfortably against the Tennessee Titans. The biggest underdog of the week plus 390 and this is now three straight weeks a plus 300 or more favorite has one outright the underdog is howling be careful with big favorites and i think it's going to continue as we look ahead all right it's time for win will blackman's money of course we're doing this segment without will this week but let's welcome my guy theo ash of the stay hot podcast back to the show and now and now, 
the latest member of the Justin Herbert fan club. Golf clap for my guy. Theo. I've seen Theo, the light. I've on? seen the light. I was thinking of watching that Steelers game. I'm like, you know, outside of like two guys, I can make the argument that Herbert's better than like everyone else, whether that be like Dak or even Kyler or Russ or even Brady. Like he is that dude and does so many things well. I'm a big, big fan of Herbert. And people who don't see it yet, you will. Oh, dude, I've been I've been talking about Herbert since I think like his fifth start last year. There's been a run of second year quarterbacks winning MVP. I'm heavily financially invested in his uh, MVP odds from like January. So when I saw it, I was like, all right, we need we need more momentum on this. Herbert is the truth. And uh, <laughs> he is it was the good truth. to see us. I don't there. know about the MVP, but it's wide okay. open right now. So if he really turns it on this last couple months here, he could do it, I guess. All right, we might need to keep that negative energy for a different show. You know <laughs> okay, okay, this, okay. He could do it. He on. could do it. It's wide <laughs> open right. right now. Good juju, good juju. Okay, so let's let's recap for everyone. You're new to the gambling scene. Will and I are trying to help you out. And every week until the football season ends, Will is going to be giving you $100 of his own money to bet on the WinBet app. And you have to use all $100 of his money. What's better than using someone else's money? Can, am I right, Theo? And you have to include at least two wagers, a parlay of at least three legs, and a bet that includes a non-football sport. So, Theo, you made a bunch of bets this past weekend. Not all of them hit, but let's talk about the one that did. I like it. A three-legged parlay. Turned into a two-legged parlay. It did. I wasn't sure how that worked. When the Dolphins scored exactly 24, I kind of assumed I missed the bet because I bet over 24. And they got exactly 24, so I was like, oh, I that's not over 24. I missed. But then I logged onto the app, and I was like, oh, it just voided. So I didn't win as much money, but I still won. Yeah, so the cool thing about flat numbers like 24, 27, 30, that hook, that half, that 0.5 is deadly. So in this scenario, a three-legged parlay, when you land on the number, turns into a two-legged parlay. So void, push, essentially the same kind of lingo. So you didn't lose, which is a great thing to start off with. didn't lose. So you had the Pats to cover minus three and a half against the Falcons. That hit by halftime, pretty much, would you say? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) And then you talked about the Dolphins scoring over 24 points against the Jets. That one hit spot on. So that was a push. What a... what went into that, man? Like such a random game to pick, but I like it. I like when people get funky with these bets. Well, the Jets defense has been so bad recently, allowing 50 points to the Patriots, um, allowing 40 something points, or maybe it was even 50 to the Bills. Looking at their defense, they've allowed 24 points or over every single week since week one. So I'm like, okay, Dolphins coming off a win, division rival, knows the team well. They can continue this trend of scoring 24 points or over. So that's why I chose that bet. It's just because it happens every single week against the Jets. So I was like, what's safer than that? It's hit every single week since week one. And that was against Sam Darnold. And everyone's better than Sam Darnold. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've (laughs) taken massive egg on the face on my Sam Darnold stock. Uh, And finally, you had the Texans scoring over 16 and a half points against the Titans, which they did. You put down $25 and you ended up winning $73. Not too bad. Not too bad. Give me give me some insight to the mind of Theo going into this parlay. Well, the first one that I felt really good about was the Patriots because the Patriots and the Falcons seemed like a total mismatch to me. The Falcons had a decent record, 
but their point differential is so bad. They like had one of the worst point differentials in the league, despite their record. The Patriots honestly had one of the better point differentials in the league, despite their record. So like you look at that differential, I think that's a very predictive stat. And that was one that was like, okay, that is a big, big mismatch here. And originally I had it minus six and a half, which was the original spread, but I got cold feet a little bit. And it's like, I got to hit something this week. So I, I knocked it down a little bit to three and a half where I was like, let's play it a little bit safe here. I don't want to, I don't want to blow this. Now I kind of regret it, but still I, I, I was pretty confident in the Patriots winning by more than a field goal, uh, more than a touchdown. I was like, let's, let's just make it more than a field goal for this week. That was my mindset there. I talked about the dolphins and then the Texans. I looked at the Titans, right? A.J. Brown was there, but he's been kind of banged up. And outside of him, who is their talent? Where is the talent on offense? On the line, in the running back room, in the tight end room, in the wide receiver room, outside of him? I mean, they had to rely on their fourth-round rookie this year. And that's usually bad when you have to rely on a day-three pick. But on top of that, they cut this guy in training camp. They cut. He was so bad that they cut him in training camp. And they're so depleted, they had to bring him back, which is just an awkward situation. And he was like, he got a touchdown in this game. So it's like, okay, there's a severe lack of talent here for the Titans. Plus, David Culley, we talked about this last week, coaches. Mm -hmm. David Culley comes from Baltimore. They Baltimore played Tennessee in the playoffs two years in a row. I'm like, okay, so they probably spent a lot of time figuring out exactly how to beat this Titans team. Like that is a coach that has a lot of experience game planning against the Titans. Tyrod Taylor's back. He can kind of play the part of Lamar Jackson in this offense. I like the Texans this week to put up some points, maybe not win, Mm -hmm. but put up some points. So 16 and a half is pretty crazy low for an amount of points. I bet the over and the overhead. No, I love that thought process with the head coach. That's a, that's a hell of a take. And also going back to what you're talking about the depth, right? Like even AJ Brown played, but he was banged up. This sort of ties into something that I like talking about from the preseason. One of the main things for me when I was handicapping the Titans were, all right, dude, the big three is amazing, right? Julio, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. But I couldn't even tell you who the third and fourth string wide receiver were at the time. So what happens if one of these guys go down? We saw that happen against the Jets. They lost. You saw this game, no Derrick Henry, no Julio Jones. Yeah, Westbrook Akine got over... 100 yards but still just it's it's like you were saying it's a team that the coaching staff is familiar with and i liked it i like that call on on the the texans so overall very solid anytime you, you you're in the green you gotta love it and i like it's funny man i feel like anytime you buy points in a situation the team always ends up just blowing them out <laughs> so as long as they win, it's hard to be mad if they win. Like, oh, I could have gotten a little bit more money, but I was just happy to pick up the win, especially when the Dolphins scored exactly 24 and I wasn't sure if I was going to win or not. Yeah, there was a scenario where I had seven and a half and then the line went to six and a half. So I tried to middle it and then the team won by four touchdowns. I was like, why did I even do that? It makes, it makes no <laughs> difference. But so here's where you stand. Right. Total Blackman Bucks. You've lost $155. Your total winning bet costs $45. Your total winnings right now, as we stand, is $103. So based on your decisions from last week, some advice that I'd give you is solid numbers. That hook, that that 0.5 is sketchy. Um, It'll get you. That's why it's called the hook. And also, I think go with your gut, man. 
you you liked the Pats. You thought it was a mismatch. I agreed with you. I couldn't believe some professional betters that I know were on the Falcons. I was like, yeah, I think, you know, professionals are wrong sometimes as well. And <laughs> it was it was solid. I like it. You seem to be liking these team point totals. I do like the team point totals. I think that you can look at a defense and be like, oh, they allow this every single week. And like it really just kind of specifically narrows it down like a total game points like 55 and a half or something you've got to predict kind of both teams mm. but for the one team you just got to predict the one the, the one team so i was kind of looking at that this week more than trying to predict both teams and how the game's going to go just just got to narrow it down to just one so i was i was i was on those this week all right theo before we let you go and wish you a good luck on the next round of bets that you'll be making with will's money I want to talk a little bit about these Thanksgiving games. Scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you? I'd probably put myself at like a 3, maybe a 4. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit excited, but then you look at really get into the games and it's a little bit uh, questionable, some of them here. I don't know if they're really marquee match matchups, but it's Thanksgiving football, so it's definitely like above a 1 or a 2. Maybe I'll even bump it up to like a 5 or a 6. It's Thanksgiving football, you know. The aesthetic yeah. is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it, if it was any other Thursday, you'd probably be miserable. So I'm with you on it being a five or six. So I came up with this segment, same with the Thanksgiving theme, sort of break down these games here. We got some stuffing, we got the drunk uncle, and we got the turkey. Now I'm going to elaborate on each of them a little bit more. So stuffing, I'm a big stuffing guy, Theo. I love me some appetizers, all those goodies. Always fills you up, gets you ready for the whole main event which is the turkey are you a stuffing guy sort of it's probably not my favorite appetizer but it's still pretty good it's still pretty good all right all right i'm more, I'm more of a stuffing guy so i'll let that one slide because right. you're on the justin herbert train with me uh mashed potatoes the- mashed potato i'm a big mashed potatoes guy okay that's a good one that's a good one we got the drunk uncle right we always there's always that one family member who it's usually an uncle at the family event uh, drinks a little too much, brings up politics, still owes your dad money from a job they did together a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, but you love him because he took you to your first sporting event. I might be giving you a little uh, too much in detail of what my life is like on Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? So you got the drunk uncle and then the turkey, which is the main event. It's it's the marquee on the card. It's the one that gets us the most excited for. So I want to dive into these games a little bit and get your thoughts. Something interesting, Theo. I don't know if you caught this, but all six teams that are playing on Thanksgiving lost in week 11. <laughs> what a primer. <laughs> and and all, all of them either flat performances or just got embarrassed. So at least you have these teams coming in. Post-Thanksgiving is when you really want to get the ball rolling. Right, the home stretch of your season. Overall, how do you feel about the Thanksgiving Day and moving forward outlook when you talk? Well, about I think football? if we're going through each one, I would say the stuffing is probably Bills versus Saints. Um, and this was one I would have been super excited for, but with Simeon throwing to Marquez Callaway and Adam Troutman, I just can't put it as the marquee matchup in one of these. But you got two units looking to get right. The Bills offense, which looked pretty bad last week, got dismantled, got destroyed by the Colts. Um, what should have been a really good unit hasn't totally lived up to expectations, I feel like, this year. They've been okay, 
but you expected him to kind of be a Chiefs caliber. I guess the, not even a Chiefs or Chiefs caliber, you, but you expected him to be a, bit, a little bit better this year, a little bit better last week. And the mm-hmm. Saints defense, which has been good this year, got shellacked by the Eagles, for lack of a better word. Just they ran up the score on them. So you've got this offense that's kind of underperforming, this defense is kind of underperforming. One of those two units is going to get right on Thanksgiving. So I'm looking forward to seeing which unit kind of prevails of those two. Yeah, that's actually my answer too. That's my uh, that's my stuffing for the slate. You know, if we would have had Jameis Winston, maybe Michael Thomas was playing, right? Talking about a couple months ago when we were previewing what this might look like. Hopefully Kamara suits up. That's always nice to see that dude out there. And the line on this game is the Saints are catching four points at home as a home underdog. New Orleans, hard place to play. It is something that I am going to be gravitating towards. One thing, like I had told you when we first linked up, bet numbers, not teams. So this is a spot here where I might be taking the Saints, just a slight lean on the Saints. What what says you? I I think I agree. This Bills team has been beating up on some bad teams. I mean, the Saints, they play the Dolphins twice. This Bills team, I think, is vulnerable against better units, and that Mm -hmm. got exposed versus the Colts. I could definitely see them rolling into New Orleans and struggling to move the ball against a Saints defense that I still think is pretty talented. I, I, I agree that I'm gravitating maybe a little bit towards the Saints here. Yeah, a little, a little sprinkle. We're not we're not getting too crazy. Not, yeah, not, nothing crazy, but minus four at home. Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. What game is the drunk uncle for you? <laughs> Lions, Lions, <laughs> uh, Bears. The Lions, much like the drunk uncle, are there every single year, and every single year <laughs> they're just kind of weird, and you want them to go away. Maybe <laughs> that's the Lions are the drunk uncle. They don't have much going for them. They have zero wins. They have one tie. Uh, they're very drunk uncle-esque, and I've got to roll with that. And especially if Fields doesn't play. If Fields plays, at least you're interested to see how the exciting young rookie does. If it's Dalton, man, this game is a, this game is a passed out uncle. This is He's a little bit comatose. I don't know. That's my drunk uncle game. Yeah, ironically enough, Dalton last year with the Cowboys, too on Thanksgiving when Dak went down. So back to back Thanksgiving games potentially for him. Probably <laughs> not gonna get probably not gonna get Jared Goff also, which, you know, how much of an upgrade is that based on how bad he's been this year. So yeah, man. I'm hoping I'm hoping that Fields could suit up at least because it'll be exciting to see him. He's had some flashes, you know, still very raw, I feel like as a prospect, especially with what they're asking him to do. But I think overall, everyone will agree that this Bears at Lions. Lions are three and a half point underdogs at home. I think that's definitely the drunk uncle. Yeah, I would say so too. And I I think I may lean Bears in this game. I I think that, especially if Dalton plays, I don't think Dalton is that horribly bad. I mean, he's not good, but he's a vet. He's seen it all before. He can come in and, and... get the ship right. And I don't really think the difference between him and Fields, I mean, as a play style is very, it's very, very different. But in terms of where they're at right now, I don't think it's like the backup playing is this huge bad thing. Um, So I can sort of lean the Bears regardless if Fields plays or not. Um, The Lions are really bad, really, really bad. So so if it's only three and a half, um, that seems like maybe a Bears type of line, but who knows? Yeah, I wonder if 
this this really might be the only chance the Lions have to get a win this year in front of their home crowd, right? The tradition of the Lions playing on Thanksgiving. So weird that the Lions just have a Thanksgiving game every year. But I, I'll, I'd probably take the three and a half. I do agree with you that I don't think the drop off is that much between Fields and Dalton. I think the line stays the same regardless of who's the starter. My issue, Theo, just in general in football is when you have a backup like Fields. Sorry, when you have a starting quarterback like Fields and the backup is an Andy Dalton, the playing style doesn't really make sense, right? Like right. why, if you're the Ravens, why would you have a Joe Flacco as a backup to Lamar? It just, you have to change the whole offense. That's why when Joe Flacco was the starter that first year and Lamar came in, everyone was so skeptical of Lamar. It's like, well, yeah, you have him running a Joe Flacco offense. You saw the Ravens yesterday, ironically enough, against the Bears who we're talking about. They go to Huntley, at least similar playing style to Lamar. Right. So with this one here, I, I'd probably take the Lions with the points at home. And I know at halftime I might be regretting it. But I think that's the side that I would probably lean on in this one. I, I think I'll stay away from this one. I don't think I'll actually end up making a bet on either side because I, I get what you're saying. And I, I agree with that, too. So I don't know what to think of this game. I would think I would sleep peacefully not having any money on this in any aspect besides maybe unders on everything across the board hey man listen sometimes the best bet you make is the one that you don't make right so you don't need to bet every game yeah you do not no one is no one is forcing you especially this one so obviously the last one main event it's the turkey another game that maybe a month ago we're looking at like oh snap this game might be you know, top seeds in the conference, potentially. We got the Raiders at the Cowboys, the Turkey. I mean, there should be a ton of star power in this game. Dak, Carr, Waller. There should be. I mean, I don't know what the status of Amari and CD Lamb are. Zeke, Josh Jacobs on the defense. You know, Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe. It should, Micah Parsons. There should, this should be easily the best game. But, you know, the Cowboys wide receiving core is banged up. Uh, so who knows who will actually be out there, but even so looking at all the games, this does have kind of the best feel to me. I mean, you got the two franchise quarterbacks, which is the only really game that features two of them in the slate. That's always what kind of people are looking for. I know it's not always quarterback versus quarterback, but when you're looking at marquee matchups, those are the guys you look towards. And this is really the only game that has that. Yeah, and it's the the widest line. Seven-point favorites are the Dallas Cowboys at home. Another team like the Lions every year they play at home. You know, the Raiders are starting to skid, Theo, and it was something that I was sort of predicting, right? A team can only take so much, man. Like, eventually, it's going to catch up to them. You had the John Gruden stuff, the emails. Then you got the Henry Ruggs situation. You get rid of the coach. It's just, it's been too much. Guys are in and out the lineup. Eventually they were going to break. And it's unfortunate because I feel as if Derek Carr, in my opinion, should get an MVP vote. I know he's not, but like a sentimental MVP vote for keeping this afloat. Like how much worse would the Raiders be if they didn't have Derek Carr, dude? It'd be a disaster. That's why I always kind of laughed when they were rumored when Odell got cut. People are like, oh, the Raiders need a receiver now. The Raiders do not want um, Odell Beckham. They have dealt with so much with Antonio Brown 
And then all the things that happened this year, the literally last thing they would want to do is add, fair or not, a media circus with Odell Beckham. I thought, I mean, they they just had so much to overcome this year. And if you're super talented, maybe you can do it. But the Raiders on paper just have some have some holes in their game. They've been valiantly overcoming them to that point, but just a few too many potholes in the road for them. So I don't know. It all depends on the Cowboys wide receiver. I don't wide receiver situation. I don't want to make a call on it right now because if if it's Noah Brown is your wide receiver one, who knows what could happen for the Cowboys. It certainly looked bad last week. So I'm not quite sure which way I lean on this one either. Yeah, the wide receivers you're referencing, Amari missed last game against the Chiefs because of COVID. His status is up in the air. CeeDee Lamb left that game with a concussion. Doubt that we see him, dude, on a short week coming off that. I think I'd probably make it like minus 500 betting-wise that he sits in that one just because you don't want to play a guy off a concussion on a short week. You know, Asante Samuel Jr. with the Chargers got his second concussion in four weeks. Ouch. That's a little. He's a good young, young rookie dude, too. I hope that yeah, yeah, yeah. He's up there for defensive rookie of the year. Definitely Parsons, but you know he's had a pretty solid yeah. season. In so. another year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, where are you leaning on this one? Oh man, Hard the Raiders tell, right? have just the... looked so uninspiring lately. They got beat pretty bad by the Bengals, although it was close until about midway through the fourth quarter. I think the Cowboys' offense is still scary enough to hurt you. I think right now, maybe one of the two wide receivers will play. I would maybe lean Cowboys at home with a ton of Thanksgiving experience. Um, I th- I think that I would lean Cowboys here um, for now. But again, one that I don't feel great about. So that this trend that I'm about to read to you is going to support that. And okay. it's favorites on Thanksgiving since 2003. 29 and 11 against the spread. Sheesh. Yeah. Teams favored by six or more points have gone 14 and three against the spread. Okay. So you factor in the Cowboys at home coming off a massive dud. You saw this happen with the Broncos game, right? Mm -hmm. They lay an egg, come back, obliterate the Falcons. Lay an egg against the Chiefs. Yeah. A couple guys got hurt. Now you're back home, short week, you're a favorite. I'd probably lean with Dallas on this one to get a, a, a comfortable two-score win. Okay, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty safe, looking at those trends and just looking at the rosters, I, I would say, yeah, Dallas is probably the move. Dude, this was fun. I'm excited uh, to eat and eat a lot on yep. Thursday. And uh, despite the drunk uncle being there, I'll still enjoy my football. <laughs> Good luck on the Thanksgiving slate. Good luck on winning Will's money. And uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, always appreciate being here. Tell Will that I miss him a lot. And uh, I'll see you next week. So that's it for today's show. Next episode, Will will be back. And we'll talk about the week 12 games and how they went down. This has been Upsets and Underdogs presented by WinBet. Don't forget to subscribe. Throw us a rating, a review. Tell your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody, come on over to Upsets and Underdogs. You can follow me at Nick Day is 10 on all social media outlets. And we will catch you next time.